Hello and welcome to the Bees TV discussion. I'm your host Rajan Semi and today I am joined with Bees fan and avid football data enthusiast Arjun Raj. Hi, hi Rajan, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's amazing that the championship is back finally after how many months has it been? It's, it's, it's like been too long. It's three, been too long. Months out. Too long. Does it even matter? How are you feeling about it? Good, yeah, yeah. It really stopped on quite an annoying note for me. Um, you know, the, the the day when I found out that the Fulham game, which was actually that day, if you remember, um, was called off. Really disappointing. Um, just so, so miserable. Everyone was so excited for this big, this huge, huge game. Um, I don't even have to go into why it's a huge game. Everyone knows that. Um, and we were, we were going to go down to it. Um, I had a few fans of Fulham with me, uh, uh, mates of mine, mates of mine um and yeah yeah so they you know they wanted to see the game and um we want to see the game it was just gonna be it was just gonna be good fun and and yeah it stopped um and it's kind of felt wrong since then so yeah i'm really looking forward to um watch watching watching some good football again exactly yeah we were we were just coming off such a high point uh high point in time for brentford pontus jansen our captain who'd been injured for so long was finally back as Thomas Frank said in an interview, he would have started Pontus Janssen on that day. And we were coming off, again, a 5-0 victory against Sheffield Wednesday. Momentum is such an important thing in the championship. And we just got all of our high our high momentum just cut off. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, there's there's still a bright side to this. You know, um, we, ha- we did have uh, players out, um, injured, uh, whatever like that. And... And, you know, they've had this time to recover. And if you think about our, our side, you know, we've got quite a lot of younger players, um, as opposed to many other championship sides which have older players that might have uh, kids and whatnot. Um, you know, our players would have had more time uh, during the lockdown period to keep training. So I think we might, we might come into the uh, this kind of weird restart to the season with maybe a slight advantage in that, a lot of our players will be keeping up better than maybe some other teams were. But that's just kind of, uh, you know, thinking. Yeah, especially because, as Thomas Frank said, we have got such a good group of players. It's a testament to uh, our director of football, uh, Phil Giles, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, Rasmus and And Rasmus Ankinson for their amazing and fantastic scouting, uh, also including data analysis and our simple rule of we don't want any bad guys in the team, we don't want anyone disrupting the flow and it really is, it really is a victory to us because we've got these players who will train and will look for the betterment of themselves and that's why we can we can see this advantage in ourselves, we can just go forward and our players will certainly have been training and certainly have been getting fit ahead of championship restart and will be back and hopefully will be back with a bang. As long as they... Yeah, I I really really see that happening. I mean, as you can see from our our recent uh, game against Arsenal, you know, it is is friendly, so you can't can't think too much about it. But this is the first game back and they want, you know, both sides would have wanted to really put their best, best foot forwards for this game. Um, it's the first real game they would have had, you know, since the lockdown started. Um, since before the lockdown started, rather. And 
we, you know, we had a, a fabulous game. The goals we scored were brilliant. Um, you know, they may one of them may have been, you know, a mistake from Arsenal, but you know, um, the way we've capitalised on that um, was brilliant. Uh, it flowed well from what I saw in the highlights. Uh, so, uh, you know, amazing, amazing yeah. stuff. And it was against Arsenal like this with a proper, proper lineup. Yeah, playing against Arsenal, one of, one of uh, an. Um, um, a fantastic opportunity and the way we played was just it was phenomenal what i saw from the highlights although it was a pretty even game one of the key things was capitalizing from those mistakes that arsenal made some people especially on arsenal fan tv they were complaining they were saying that willock joe willock david louise and lacazette the mistakes that they made were unacceptable but if you actually look at the highlights no one was no one was paying attention. No one was talking about the absolutely fantastic pressing from Brentford. Players yeah. were everywhere. Really, and and I, I think that's the most the most important thing when you're, especially when you're playing Championship football, um, where you've just got to keep pressing, um, probe the other team for mistakes, um, and when when they make them, you've really got to capitalise. And I think that's something that Brentford's always done fabulously at, and it's something that we're really going to have to work on exactly. uh, for this, you know, coming rest of the season. Um, to make sure that we're really making sure to press the the opposition, um, capitalise on those mistakes, and when the, when the enemy team inevitably does make them, we can we can score goals, um, and I really think that's going to come into its own now, where you know players might be a little bit more out of practice than they would usually be. And going back to the Arsenal game, they were sl- absolutely slamming Joe Willock, but Jan Zamburek, Jan Zamburek had a game and a half. Yeah, he, I think he assisted the first goal. I and think so, yes. He, and also, also the, maybe the second goal as well, when it was both times, for both goals, he was the one pressing and absolutely charging at Joe Willock and uh, David Luiz. He was the one to take the ball, especially for the first goal. It, fantastic dummy. Passed it on to yeah, Tariq Fosu. and has definitely been throughout the season one of my favourite, um, like, just new players on the ball. Um, you know, I, I saw his first games um, and, you know, he started to stand out to me as a really strong player and absolutely fabulous. He's really, really um, one of my favourite players, if not my favourite player of this uh, this squad currently. Uh, I think he's amazing. I think he's only... I think he's only 19 or 20 as well. Yeah, we have got one for the future. Yeah, that's you know, and that's kind of what um, you know um, we were talking about with you know Phil Giles. Um, uh, that's what those guys do. You know, Brentford is all about the analysis and the data, um, and finding and digging up these these kind of players which you might not think to be uh, the most skilled and the most that have the most potential. But you know, we we kind of buy them, uh, we train them up a little bit, and they appear. And you have these mad success stories like Chris Meppham, um, who are just amazing, amazing at what they, uh, the game they play. Um, and I think you know Zamburek, he's showing that kind of potential. We also had a decent game against Watford, didn't we? Although we did lose two 0 we didn't actually play that bad. We had a fantastic number of opportunities to strike, uh, but it was simply we were missing our shooting boots on that day. And Buemo missing a guilt edge chance from a fantastic ball over the top from Jensen. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think, yeah, you know, it's. I think you know we are out of practice. Everyone's out of practice. Um, we we might, the players have been doing some training as best they can, but 
you haven't been playing football for for a while, and that's difficult. Um, and I think it's a, that's a, that's something that every team is going to have. It's how we kind of deal with this. Um, and the you know Brentford are going to have to really train hard in the next few weeks to come out on top, and it will really show you know which teams are putting their best their best effort into this kind of really odd time of the season. Now let's talk about championship predictions. Where are the teams going to line up after the end of these quick succession of nine games? Literally, these games back to back. The physical demands and requirements are going to be off the charts and let's look at Leeds. They have been coached physically by one of the best coaches in world football, Marcelo Bielsa, who would certainly be leading them to physical a better physique, better physical demands. They're going to be able to push it out for the rest of the season. You talk about Leeds burnout by the end of the season. They're not going to have any Leeds burn. Uh, they're not going to have any bur- burnout for the rest of the season. We saw last year and the year before they just dropped off because the demands of their high pressing. They call it the Bielsa press. There's going to be no. It's that's it. It's just going to be Leeds, and they're going to be running away to first spot. I don't see anyone challenging these. They'll yeah, just Leeds, be going up and up. Yeah, Leeds. I think I think we we kind of saw from like mid season that Leeds were going to finish at the top. Um, you know, they've been performing astoundingly, um, and there's no real reason for them to uh, really struggle in these last nine games. Um, it's possible that maybe during during this kind of lockdown era that uh, the players kind of lost focus um it depends how well they're you know they've handled this but i i really don't see leeds dropping down uh, from first place i think i think that really what's going to be um in contention for is the second spot um obviously you know automatic promotion is is huge um exactly. and you know we've got yeah. we've got a lot of good teams uh, aiming for that spot Although we say Leeds will run away, they haven't yet to play a friendly. So how do you think that's going to lead up to it? Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, they haven't they haven't yet played a friendly, which is, uh, I think, surprising, you know, that they haven't yet organised a friendly. Uh, uh, as soon as... At ah. the time of recording, we must note. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, as soon as as soon as possible. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting uh, to, to me that they haven't done that. Uh, however, I don't think that, that that means that they'll they'll perform badly. It just means we don't really have a gauge of where they're at yet. I think it's kind of hard to say, really, what's going to happen with Leeds. Um, but I think we can predict that they're not gonna they're not gonna lose performance. Um, but it, it really depends on you know how well they've handled um, the last few months. Even still. Leeds, the the next time their next nine games aren't too difficult if you look at the table they only have one game against the top eight that's against Fulham in the second game week in the return and the rest is against mid table or bottom table sides so they look home and clean or home and dry and it's really I think it's a question it's just the one automatic place left which is West Brom are West Brom gonna come back from from lockdown and quarantine are they going to come back strong they did lose to manchester united in a friendly 3-1 but 
that's a friendly we've seen again yeah i think i think it's really it's we do have to take these friendlies with a little bit of a grain of salt um because you know they are it is an odd you know friendlies always friendlies you know they're not the competitive games and i think these friendlies especially you know the first game back it depends what you know how the team has fared um but it might be a good indication of how well a team is going to gel back together again um so you know it's it's odd, um, and analysing these games is, is difficult. Um, and again, with Leeds, you know, they could... I think, you know, whether or not they're, the games are against the, the middle, the top, or the bottom of the table, uh, the Championship is by far the most difficult uh, league you know, in the world um, uh, in terms of how 100%. close in performance every single side is. Um, and so, you know, Leeds are probably the by-the-head leaders of the Championship. But that doesn't mean that even the mid to bottom table isn't going to be a hard game. Um, so you know, if Leeds if Leeds haven't kept up their performance throughout lockdown, they will really struggle now. So it, it remains to be seen. I think that's what's going to make this the next nine games really really exciting to watch um, because there could there could be a huge upset at the top of the table and at the bottom. Actually, thinking about it, we talk about mid-table, bottom-table, top-table sides, but actually, it's pretty much pointless. It's pointless looking at this data because it all depends on how well these clubs have adapted. We can't look We can't look at where clubs are because ev- everything is on. Everything is possible. We can have Leeds dropping down, losing every game. That's possible. We can have Leeds yeah, running yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, everyone is Anything. still close enough together for that to be for that to be possible. And you know, performance uh, uh, is often not really related to how well uh, people perform in the table, because you know the table is very um, based on just wins and losses, and then a little bit of goal difference. And then uh, you know, if people have the same points, and everyone knows that. But the thing is that you often walk away from a game thinking we played better. Um, I think that's something you get at Brentford quite a lot, but it's really something you get from all football teams at all football matches. Um, sometimes you'll feel that the better side lost. And this is where a lot of the data comes in. You know, Brentford is a really, really high-performing team. Um, and you know, often they're just not able to convert the performance into a win, um, which is you know, obviously something they're working on. But uh, what's interesting about that data is that you're able to see who, you know, which teams are, are performing amazingly. And where we have that kind of level of performance that we're coming into this you know, post-lockdown uh, night games, uh, I think that's going to be really important. And I think the teams that, you know, kind of have got a little bit unlucky throughout the season, they might be looking to struggle now. Um, so, you know, we're looking towards the bottom of the table um, and I'm kind of eyeing, uh, got Wigan down there. Um, you know, Wigan, Wigan could drop quite significantly. Um it, again, we'll 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 have to see what happens. You talk about teams with luck, teams that got lucky that they're gonna look down and look to drop down the table. But what about Nottingham Forest? They don't get lucky. They just play such a brand of football that's unrefined, and they play anti-football. That's what it's called. How do you think they're gonna fare? I think, I genuinely think that. Nottingham Forest may come out of um, come out of lockdown good because they can capitalize on 
bad teams, teams that haven't had necessarily good momentum or a good run of football. And their brand of football is so easy to control, easy to easy to play, but it's just not not football. How do you think they're going to fare? I think I, what, what Forest really uses is strong players. Um, and I think, you know, they need to be able to, you know, they need strong and fit players. And fitness is going to be one of the most important things coming out of lockdown. A lot of people, uh, myself included, have become less fit. Um, and I'm sure this will go for footballers as well. You know, they, they would have been exercising, um, of course. You know, it's part of their job description. But um, it's possible that footballers uh, may may not have kept up with their fitness as much. And if Forest players uh, aren't as fit and strong as they were, they'll struggle to capitalise on, uh, on weaker sides. Um However, if they've been keeping up with this, then they'll be able to kind of really use that strength to their advantage. Um, and that will be what really helps them through their game. That's class. What about, what about atmosphere? Atmosphere, we are... Brentford are known to have a rocking atmosphere at Griffin Park. We don't have that anymore. The players are going to obviously be affected psychologically especially the mid-table sides, because mid-table sides don't have anything to play for, really. That's why, usually, at the end of the season, when they don't have anything to play for, when the fans turn up, that's when it gets rocking. That's when the players actually get some motivation. Of course, for the top-table sides, they're going to have some motivation of trying to get into the playoffs and getting into the automatic automatics. But now, it's going to be almost ghostly it's going to be spooky almost to an extent playing football with absolute silence yeah what do you think is going to happen i think i think it's interesting really to see you know to see the game that we played uh, against arsenal um you know big big friendly first game back um, and if there were fans there would have been been a huge huge support uh, for both sides um uh, but you know we had near silence throughout the entire thing because you know there's just no one there um, and, and yeah, it's interesting. I think that the, on the one hand, you know, that they, they might have less, um, it might be less motivation, um, to really put, you know, a hundred percent effort in, but I think, uh, more overpowering than that would be, um, they're able to focus, you know, fully on the game, um, and they don't need to worry about the crowd watching them, um, or anything like that. And I I don't know whether or not that they'll lose performance because they haven't got a crowd watching them. I think that you know it's it's possible that we are actually perform better um, um, without any crowds. So it, you know it's not like it's a situation we've really ever seen before. Um, we obviously there's friendly games that have very low attendance, or or there's just behind closed door games that obviously obviously have no attendance. Uh, which have been played before, but never on this scale. Um, um, so how teams are going to perform in this kind of situation is something that you know we, we haven't really seen before, um, and it's going to be you know really hard to predict. Um, so yeah, I think it could go either way, really. Um, I do think that it will have an impact, though. But for Brentford, what we have seen when we get that place rocking... We heard against Sheffield Wednesday. We heard the crowd against 
QPR just a few weeks before lockdown. When we get it rocking, we get it rocking. And you can see the impact on the players. They're hyped up for the game as well. They know that they've, they've got, got yeah, a I, crowd I, I, of 15,000 backing them. Yeah, I agree 100%. So, you know, when, when, when Brentford goes on a run and the, the fans are cheering, we, the, the, the energy in our performance is just astounding. Um, and that, that will be lacking uh, without, without a crowd. But I still think it's important to, to remember that, you know, that isn't the whole game. A lot of the game is just about uh, tactics and, you know, playing to, the, playing to your strengths, watching the enemy team for mistakes and capitalising on those. And especially now, when that's going to be a huge uh, tactical play, uh, being able to focus on the game uh, is something that's going to be really important. Especially with uh, uh, Janssen back, uh, you know, we'll have a really strong... Uh, uh, he is going to be helpful. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Very. Uh, uh, player. And, you know, he will be able to direct the team into into doing this. You know, obviously, off the pitch, um, we've got the uh, backroom staff. Brilliant. But when you're in the game, uh, Pontus is going to be the, the guy who's going to be uh, really coordinating a lot of the team for this. Um, and I think he will be a great, uh, a great asset for us. Uh, he's a very, very good thinker. And he should be able to really work on this kind of uh, tactical play. Also, someone who's underrated in the Brentford scene, Christian Norgard. What a player he is. He is he has come into this side. He came into the side, actually, at the start of the season, performing quite under par, but... Christian Norgard, he is going to be yeah, so vital to our team. Really when he's on his off. game, he's fantastic. Yeah, so for me, Norgard started off and he was a bit of a quieter player for me. Um, you know, he was solid, but he didn't stand out. And I think he's slowly uh, come into his own this season. Um, and, it, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I see Norgard get the ball and I'm excited to see what he does with it. Um, he's he's just been solid, I think. Um, also but, off the ball. And off, and the, off ball. the ball, yeah. Charles, yeah his... those, tack- those tackles in defensive midfield, the players, players fear him. The opposition, he can come out of nowhere and get a tackle in, get a slide tackle in. And get us possession of the ball. That's 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 our pressing right there, and our pressing's led by him. Anything in yeah, yeah. the final third, he's looking to sweep it up. He's looking to take a channel challenge, make an interception. He's just a massive presence in our back line and defensive midfield, and he's going to be leadership as well. His leadership is great as well, and him and Pontus together, phenomenal. I I can't wait, honestly. I think I think that we're going to be uh, um, we're going to be coming to something really exciting. You know, the whole team is going to be here. Uh, we have got I haven't got the injuries keeping anyone major out. Uh, at least not that I can think of, unless I've suddenly missed someone. Um, and and you know, um, we I think that we're really going to see Brentford uh, push hard for um, the the top spots. Automatics. I say let's take automatics. If we can push, if we can get there, let's get there. I think it's doable. I think it's definitely doable. Um, but it is it is all right. to play for. And it's going to be an unpredictable, exciting uh, nine games. Well, we've got, as you said, nine games left. Fulham on the Saturday. It's going to be beautiful. The Championship is back. And we're going to be watching all intently. We're going to be watching very, very... We're gonna. We're just gonna be watching. Everyone's gonna be watching. Football is back. Thank you for watching this episode 
of the Beast TV discussion, the first ap- episode actually, we are available everywhere on Spotify, on Apple Music, primarily on YouTube. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe for more Brentford and Championship content. I've been Rajan Semi, my my guest Arjun Raj. Thank you very much, Rajan. Thank you. Thank you, and goodbye.